Ernie, how are you? I'm good, good, Starting Joseph. it a little bit different. This is the Kingdom Project Podcast. It's a foggy morning here at the studio, my kitchen. <laughs> but um, we're excited to bring you continuing episodes of... Uh, of the prophecy of the kingdom, which was we studied last podcast with Pastor Huberto, um, Matthew chapters twenty four and twenty five. Uh, a lot of insight in in those episode in that in that particular episode. So um, if you haven't listened to that one, check that one out first before you go any further in this one. So just a kind of like a little review here. Um, we talked about the three groups of who Jesus was talking about in these particular chapters, which happened to be the Jews, the church, and the world. And Pastor Huberto was talking how when Jesus spoke to these three groups, he would talk to the Jews and the world plainly, but the church in parables. So without further ado, Ernie, how are you? I'm so excited. So good to again be here. And uh, after, you know, having Pastor Gilberto Carrillo with us to launch this um, particular segment of the the Kingdom Project Mm -hmm. was so good, and and I'm so thankful to him. Shout out to him uh, for joining us. And uh, as we continue, uh, Matthew 24, we're really still, I think, laying some groundwork Mm -hmm. that is kind of an introduction uh, to this particular series, and I think it's going to be, um, you know, uh, a lengthy continuation of yeah. uh, podcasts, but uh, we've been leading up to this, so that's even more exciting, and we, we thank the Lord for His Word yeah. and uh, for His presence, definitely. Definitely, and especially in these particular chapters where most Christians, we can try to twist it to meet what we want it to read you know and so you know we got to be very careful take the context and 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 to allow the holy spirit to open up the book to us Mm -hmm. and to lead us and guide us um so i'm excited man yes and i'm so glad that we focused on at the beginning um kind of the structure Mm. of matthew 24 and 25 and how the Lord was speaking to those three different groups. And it's important for us to know which group he was speaking to Yeah, Yeah. uh, in context, like you said, um, so that we can really get the, you know, the pure word and understand exactly how it's speaking to today and especially the future. Right. So it is a little apocalyptic, but at the same time, it is also very uh relevant to our present day right. and things that i think will encourage us to stay uh, alert uh awake and uh participating in god's plan mm-hmm. and his purpose so and so um we're looking at matthew 24 and just to kick it off uh just want to remind our listeners uh verse 3 It says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Mm. 
And so whenever we see them kind of uh, private with the Lord, you know there's more uh, intimate right. insight. It's like a VIP session. Right? Yeah. That the Lord is dispensing. Um, so this isn't just public. This is something that they've, they've come aside with him. They're having this intimate time, and they're pointedly asking some specific questions. Uh, that we can see in verse 3. Mm. About the end of the age, about the Lord's return, you know, and um, signs uh, that indicate or that imply, you know, the times that we're in. So, right. and Jesus was um, always uh, speaking about discerning the times, the seasons, discerning the signs that we can tell the weather and look at the sky and be able to determine what's coming. We should be able to do the same with looking at things like the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ and also the end of the age mm. and what's going to happen. And so it isn't something to um, get uh, afraid of, you know, or paranoid, but they're they're very sobering yeah. to help us uh, really assess where we're at and how we're doing, um, so that we are, you know, uh, on our job, so to speak, and we're doing the best that we can, so that we can experience right. all that God's purposed us to step into and uh, and plan for us so uh, i, I want to start i think with this particular thought which is the sign of the lord's return the sign of the end okay there's a word in the greek and it's called uh paroesia paroesia p-a-r-o-u-s-i-a mm -hmm. means presence and it also means coming, the paroesia of the Lord. And so the return of the Lord, his coming back begins with the coming of the Lord in the air wow. and ends with his coming to the earth. We need to understand that, okay, as we're looking at Matthew 24 and 25. So there is a paroesia coming that's going to happen in the air. Okay. In the heavens. Okay. And there's another one that's coming that is on the earth. Wow. So uh, with this coming, there will be a rapture of believers to the air. That's first Thessalonians 4, 15 through 17. Let's let's look at that scripture. Because we're talking about the paroesia of the Lord, His presence coming. And it begins with first, uh, His coming in the air, which is His believers who are going to be caught up mm -hmm. to meet the Lord in the air. What verse was it? First Thessalonians 4, 15 through 17. 
15 through 17 says, For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Wow. Pretty powerful, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I could park right there today and just talk about rapture. Because rapture in essence, is not a one-time event like what's being pictured here and what we're, you know, focusing on as far as the uh, parousia of the Lord. Right. Okay. Because we can literally experience rapture daily. Right. Because I think of like, um, you know, some of the prophets and, and, you know, like look at Jacob, you know, he was in this altered state of consciousness when he fell asleep and I feel like he was raptured, right? He met with the Lord. Um, or like, um, even John in revelation. I mean, he was on the Island. You could be on an Island in Greece and yeah, be instantly raptured and be with the yeah. presence of the Lord. You know what I mean? So yeah. is that something kind of related? Yes. Or? Yes. Okay. Wow. And, you know, and it has to do with resurrection, of course, right. as well. Right. So there's a lot tied up in that term rapture, which is very controversial. Mm. Okay. But it is something, again, that I know that we really haven't really fully Grasped. tapped into yeah. and grasped. Okay. That is very high and right. spiritual. Definitely. But for today, let's just, you know shelve that right now but okay. just to recognize let's focus on this parousia part okay to understand some things uh second corinthians five ten. uh go ahead and turn there if you will it speaks about the judgment seat of christ that is coming okay so this one says for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Wow. <laughs> so part of the return of the Lord is judgment. Right. We don't sometimes teach that or talk about that. Right. We think we're going to get But there is saved. a judgment of the believer that's going to take place as well, where we're judged for what we did do, what we didn't do. Mm. Uh, and, and then also in Revelations 19, verses 7 through 9, let's look at that. 19, 7 through 9 says, Let us re rejoice and exalt and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. 
So these are pictures of the parousia of the Lord's coming, okay? And different aspects and events that you see taking place, mm -hmm. okay, with the Lord. One of them being the marriage of the Lamb, the Lamb being another, you know, um, title for Christ, mm -hmm. you know, as the Lamb of God who takes away the it's, sins of the right. world. And the one that was uh, sacrificed and offered on the cross for our salvation. And you see there the bride, which is a picture of the church, who has readied herself mm. by, you know, putting on the garments, the wedding mm. dress of linen, which was righteous deeds. And so uh, it's a whole picture there and uh, a, a uh, identifying what we're calling this parousia of the Lord, okay, which has to do with his presence and his coming, but it's always with purpose. Mm -hmm. And so we're starting to get a picture and understand more. What What is that about? Why does, really, I'm kind of asking the question today. Right. Why does the Lord need to return? Why does he need to return? Okay. And so uh, chapter 24 in Matthew, it deals mainly with the sign of the Lord's parousia coming and with the sign of the end of this age. So the Lord directs his answer in chapters 24 and 25 to the disciples' three questions that we read in verse 3 today. That's how we started off with. And in verses 4, and really verse 5 included, he says this, basically, do not be deceived. In Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5, would you read those, uh, Joseph? 24, 4 and 5 says, And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. So, the Lord's answer is in three sections. So the three questions, mm -hmm. the Lord answers in three sections. The first one is Matthew 24, verses 4 through 31. This is what Pastor Hiberto was talking about. Right. So that's the Jews who are the elect. So he's speaking to them like we learned in section verses 4 through 31 of Matthew 24. And then he speaks to the church in Matthew 24, 32, all the way through Matthew 25, verse 30. Wow. That's a big section. Yeah. Okay. But the final group is the Gentiles, or the nations of the world, um, in Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. So I'm repeating those because we need to understand and identify and recognize when he's speaking to who, what he's speaking to each one of those groups. So that's just a reminder. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, The section on the Jews that he's speaking to is literal. Literal interpretation mm -hmm. of what he's telling that particular group. The section concerning the church is spiritual. It has 
spiritual significance, meaning, interpretation. He always speaks to the church spiritually. Mm. We've got to understand the begin to grasp that because that's not just here in the context of Matthew 24 and 25, but throughout the Bible, God speaks to the church in the invisible, right. in the spiritual realm. Wow. But Israel in the physical, in the tangible, right? And, right. and so literally. And so um, that's why he spoke in parables. And that's what we learned. And we're kind of re-emphasizing because we've got to catch this. Right. Because we miss it many times and don't even realize mm -hmm. that we're misinterpreting the scriptures. Right, right. Okay, so a, a section on the the section on the Gentiles is also literally interpreted. So when God's speaking to the world or the Gentiles, the nations, or Israel, it's literal. It's physical, it's tangible. But whenever he speaks to the church, it's spiritual. It's, spiritual. it's wow. in the invisible realm. <laughs> okay? So... Um, we're calling this the prophecy of the kingdom. The kingdom, this section. Some aspects of prophecy, like in verses 4 through 14, have been fulfilled already. Some and are in the process of being fulfilled until the great tribulation. Mm. So we need to know that as well. Some of these prophecies are already a done deal. Right. Some of them right now are being fulfilled. And the the real, you know, litmus test is the great tribulation. Okay. Because it's spoken Matthew 24 that there will be wars, rumors of wars, famines, and earthquakes, and all of that. Right? Um in in the whole description. In Revelations, you see it pictured in Revelations chapter 6, where the four horses are revealed. Mm. Which, you know, Revelations is full of all yeah. kinds of symbolism and, and typology and all yeah. that. So it would behoove us, it would really be to our advantage if we started reading Revelations and the book of Daniel. Mm. as we're going through Matthew 24 and 25. Yeah. I would encourage you to study on your own yeah, and start reading. Yes. Uh, wow. Because of the typology, like you said, right. the you know analogies that are used sometimes, symbolism, all of that, they're all pictured you know, and interpreted, uh, connected. Mm. Uh, so you, you want to be encouraged to, to look at that. I'm not going to break those down, but look at verse 8 in Matthew 24. Verse 8 says, All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. All these being wars, rumors of wars, wars, famines, earthquakes. earthquakes. Okay, And so this is talking to the nation of Israel. And it's using a typology uh, because it's... Describing Israel as a woman, and a woman that is 
getting ready and in labor or in travail, bringing forth um, something that is a mystery, mm. but it's really a messianic kingdom. Wow. Israel has been in travail for many years and in labor, having birth pangs, giving birth to a messianic kingdom. That's a whole picture wow. <laughs> right there. Uh, you know, that, that is awesome that we're looking at it and we need to recognize that that's what's happening right now. Yeah. And taking place. And so um, this, is the, the, this is what's talking about regarding the uh, millennial kingdom, you know, that's coming. And so um, I think it's important for us as we start looking at this to understand that the return of the Lord has two aspects, one that is visible, one that is invisible. And so the one that's invisible deals with the church. And the one that is visible deals with Israel and the nations. Mm -hmm. And if we could just capture that point, uh, that's a lot, okay? That's a lot to take in and to begin to uh, have a paradigm shift on how you view the scriptures sometimes and the Lord and how he dealt with uh, we, we saw it also in Matthew 13 because he told the disciples why he was speaking in parables. Because right. he said, because the mysteries, the secrets of the kingdom are for you and not, not for, for them. them. Right. Because the disciples had dual right status. We learned that. Yeah. They were uh, Jews, but not only were they Jews but they were believers, they were Christians. Mm -hmm. So they had a double status. And so, and the Lord is being very specific as to how he's talking to them and privately pulling them aside mm -hmm. uh, to reveal, you know, hidden secrets, mysteries, and unfolding things yeah. uh, to them. And so for us, Joseph, now we're being invited into these uh, moments privately with the Lord. Yeah. Where we're able to enjoy the hidden manna mm -hmm. that the Lord has to transform us, to help us receive more of uh, the d divine nature of God being dispensed into us. Yeah. God working himself into us. And that only takes place in the Holy of Holies. Wow. In the glory, the Shekinah glory of God. As you enter in through the new and living way that Christ has made for us. Because he's our high priest. We now have a high priest in the heavens who is not of the order of uh, Aaron, yeah. the Aaronic priesthood, but of the order of Melchizedek. Wow. King of peace. The king of Salem, yes. king of peace. 
the character that Abraham met in Genesis yeah. uh, after a great victory where there was a, a kind of a, an international war that broke out of these uh, coalitions of kings five and four fighting and <clears throat> Abraham's nephew was in the middle of it. Lot, yeah. Lot. And was taken captive. And Abraham takes, I don't know if it was 300 men or how many, maybe it was less, but he takes them and attacks and defeats this whole coalition of kings and armies mm. and, you know, rescues Lot. And they try to give him all these spoils and riches and all that Abraham refuses yeah you know uh it's a whole picture there but then you see what was going on behind the scene behind the scene there was Melchizedek right who was interceding no wonder Abraham had tremendous victory wow and he runs into and meets Melchizedek and there Melchizedek offers him communion bread and wine right and then abraham um gives him a, a tithe a tithe which is the first introduction of the tithe before tithing existed right <laughs> right there was no law right. of tithing but abraham gave him a tithe and offered it up to him and so we see that whole scene then we find out in hebrews that Jesus is of the order of Melchizedek, our high priest in the heavenlies. Once and for all, doesn't have to offer up any more sacrifices, okay? Mm. But it's a whole picture for us. So we don't yeah. understand who we really are. Yeah. Because we are not of the priesthood of Aaron. We are also, because as Christ is, so are we. Right. We are of the priesthood of Melchizedek, which is eternal. Right. Right? And it offers uh, bread and wine. Constant communion. And it okay. offers um, a sweet fragrance, aroma. Mm before the throne that's because we are kings and priests unto god and his father according to revelations 1 6. wow so as priests and kings unto god we are to bring bread and wine to people and also as priests we are to help his people become a sweet smelling aroma and fragrance as an offering before mm -hmm. the Lord. Wow. We don't recognize, I know what we have, you know, and what's being dispensed in us and what we're carrying yeah. and who we're carrying wherever we go just that alone as we look at the scriptures today it's definitely a reality check is enough to you know convert us yeah 
out of our mediocrity, out of our, um, you know, uh, low view and value mm -hmm. of what we have and what we've been given, right. what we carry, who we carry. Um, I don't know. I, I just, you know, thank God because he has empowered us and equipped us with his presence and his peace and every promise is yes and amen amen i feel like the bible is like you know how you, you when you go to school you get like a memory book or you know I feel like the Bible to us is like a memory book and it's there for us to remember who we are. Right. You know, it's that guide. It's that manual. It's that instruction guide, you know, but on a spiritual level, you know, it's not a set of rules we have to follow and stuff like that, but to, to actually have that communion with the Lord, to sup with him and to just be and bask in his presence yes you know and to inundate ourselves and then we start to remember okay that's who you say i am lord okay mm -hmm. you know yeah but it doesn't work unless we open it <laughs> that's right that's the thing and so to let it speak to us at a higher level is an honor and a privilege you know um, that's been my experience so far. And when I start to stray away or feel like my life is in chaos, that's my anchor, you know, you open it up and it speaks to you, you know, that's right. It's, it's just amazing, you know, and to, to, to really study it with, uh, you know, other people, the body of Christ, it's, we all carry something, you know but we've been lied to and, and, and it's been covered up mm -hmm. of who we really are in Christ. It really yeah. is a mystery, you know, but, you know. Well, we, we always tend to, to look for and choose the road of least resistance. Mm. And uh, I just learned a term um, from, uh, of all people, um, Bobby Schuler. Oh, the son of the son of Robert uh, Schuler, right? Robert Schuler. Yeah, yeah. He was speaking and he started to um focus on the word or the phrase anti-fragile. He started talking about anti-fragility. I had never heard that before. Oh. And he began to explain it. And if you look it up and Google it, you'll get more insight to it, okay? Right. Because he used some metaphors, okay, to talk about it. But what stuck out to me the most was the fact that the meaning of that term has to do with when there's chaos, because you described chaos or trouble or, you know? Trial, yeah. Trials or problems or whatever. Um, that instead of it 
causing, you know, something to be diminished or, um, you know, be destroyed or whatever. Uh, for some, it has an opposite effect. In mm -hmm. other words, the more chaos, the more trouble, the more trials or problems, and instead of being so fragile that you just fall apart, you know, and you give up, you have the opposite. Yeah. Where you become more robust and bigger. Right. And you think about the church and persecution. How that it's meant to stop and to destroy and to snuff out. But in the true history of the church, you, you see it. Mm -hmm. Right? That literally it had the opposite effect. And uh, you start realizing that through many trials or tribulation or afflictions, you enter into the kingdom of God. That's right. Yeah. The very fact that you're having to deal with annoyances, uh, interruptions, interference, disruptions, strategies of the enemy, attacks difficulties I now understand why Paul said I brag on those things <laughs> when I'm facing infirmities yeah and I'm going through assaults and all this trouble he said I, I boast in them yeah why because when I'm weak I'm strong yeah the power of Christ is resting on me it doesn't mean that those things just disappear, disappear right? but the strength and the grace that you receive to walk through them and to overcome mm. is amazing. Yeah. And it's actually perfecting right. strength in you. I'm like, that is crazy good. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm welcoming and wishing all these things to happen. But now when they're coming, you almost have to laugh. Right. Because you're starting to recognize something. That's maturity. Right. You start realizing, oh, no, this is going to make me better. This is going to cause me to be able to glorify the Lord more and to honor him in my life. Yeah. And it's going to actually complete suffering of Christ. I'm like, wow. what? That, who talks that way? <laughs> you know? That's and it. so we're looking at end times and the end of the age. And the scriptures teach in Revelations that you'll be able to touch and taste the powers of the age to come. We only get to taste it, touch it. And it's, it's starting to happen because yeah. we're seeing some things come on the face of the earth that are scary, that are in, intimidating, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, there's intrepidation. There's things coming. There's uh, predictions that are coming. You see, if you're discerning the signs and the times, you know there's going to be some economic, economic challenges that are coming even more than what we have now. We, we get excited just because the gas prices go up. <laughs> but there's things coming that's yeah. going to force 
the church to go through some things. That's right. See, we think it's over because COVID pretty much is now done, right. you know, and we didn't really recognize or understand what COVID was about regarding the church, mm. not to mention the world, but right. exposed a lot of things. It, it's sure. and it's still coming, yeah. But it's not in the same form. Right. There are many birth pangs right. that are taking place. But as we look at Israel, because Israel is a foreshadow, it's a type of the church. Mm. What Israel goes through, and when we see them experiencing, we're going to go through and experience. And, and so now I understand why the Lord wants us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Right. And pray for Israel. Right. <laughs> because we're praying for ourselves. For ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. You know? Yeah. But as we get deeper into these lessons, um, they're not meant to frighten and scare us. They're actually meant to sober us up. That's right. Yeah. Because we need to pre be prepared, and we right. need to prepare God's people so that they're ready to handle whatever comes. Exactly. Exactly. Right? I mean, you look at the, the first century church, man, they... They went through so much persecution that we can't even fathom as a modern day church. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, yes. It was totally, obviously it was a different era and, and time, but the way our persecutions come are different. That's you right. You know what I mean? So let, let's close our podcast today with the scripture I wanted to get to. We didn't get to it yet, but All right, let's, I want to just we'll 37 minutes. Here. We're good. Yeah. Romans 8. All right, Romans 8. And especially verse 30. Verse 30 says, And those whom he, whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So the, the that verse, okay, um, it speaks about predestination. It speaks about, of course, God's selection, who he calls, and his justification, but also glorification. So you're seeing a whole process here. Okay, and, and that's why I was talking about the parousia of the Lord because it has to do with God's administration, what he's doing, his economy. And we see it here, and you have to wrestle with these to understand that he predestined you. He selected you. He called you. And because of that, he also justified you which is a huge word, justification, especially in Romans. But not only that, he also glorified you, which is the final stage of salvation. Yeah, This is a picture of our salvation. I'm kind of seeing the whole tr triune man here. Yes. Predestination of the spirit, justification of the soul, and glorification of the it, body. It is, it is definitely... Wow. A tri-redemptive picture. Yeah. You have to understand the tri-dimensional redemption of God 
to enter into the kingdom. Wow. You need to understand the salvation of the spirit, the soul, and the body, tripartite. That's controversial. Yeah. Okay? But if you don't believe in the tripartite man, then you're going you're going to have a hard time understanding the Bible. Mm. Because look at 1 Thessalonians 5:23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you see what I mean? He is preserving us. Look up that word when you get a chance preserve what that preserve. means okay it's a very powerful word okay because that's what the lord's promised to do and in romans 8 28 it says and we know that all things work together for good to those who love god to those who are the called according to his purpose i used to read that verse and thought it meant that everything is working together for me <laughs> that's what i thought <laughs> But it's really talking about everything working together for good uh, to according to God's purpose. Mm. Everything that's going on right now is working out to for good for the purpose of God in your life, which is verse 29, for whom he foreknew. I love that word foreknew. That means he knew us, predestined us. He also predestined. He foreknew us. He predestined us. When? Before the foundations of the world. In the spirit. Like you said, tri-redemptive. In the spirit. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And so we start to see this pattern, this whole structure of the economy of God and what he's doing to dispense himself into us mm-hmm. so that we could defeat and destroy the works of the devil and so that we could be an expression of his nature. Yeah. Christ on the earth. Christ, right? right? The hope of glory. And it's all coming together, but we have to come into the fullness of our salvation that is such a great salvation and not neglect it. Right. Not, you know, uh, uh, shrink back, but fully step into it and uh, begin to understand This whole process that we're in is so powerful and it is from glory to glory, Mm -hmm. from strength to strength, from faith to faith. So uh, today we we kind of did, uh, you know, a little bit of potpourri and uh, sprinkled some things that the Holy Spirit gave us to focus on. But again, I I believe that the Lord wants us to be very aware and alert 
to the process that we're in. Mm. I'm not here to teach doctrine. Right. I'm not here just for theology. Okay, you'll you'll hear doctrine and theology, but that is not the focus of right. our project. Right. Because kingdom has to do with a government mm. and the constitution of the government. And that means obeying. It's obedience. Yes. When you live in your father's house, you live under his rules. That's right. You don't get to choose your own and be prodigal, independent. And God is calling us back to that. His children back to the heart of the father. Mm. The heart of the father to the children. Why? So there won't be a curse, but a blessing and favor in your life. Submitting to him and his purpose and his plans. And the tri-dimensional redemption that has been accomplished for us. And for us to be able to align with completely and begin to um, demonstrate in the earth his kingdom and his making visible the government of God on earth. Wow. I did it. Amen. Amen. Oh, Ernie, always a pleasure. My pleasure. My <laughs> honor. Such a joy. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, did you want to say anything about one seed or? Yes, okay, um, we, we would love to invite you to our seminar November 18-19 in Rancho Cucamonga. Yes. It will be a Friday and a Saturday, Friday evening at 7, uh, beginning on Saturday at 9 a.m. Registration will be at 8.30 a.m. Um, there is a registration fee of $40. Uh, with that registration fee, you're, you're going to receive a lunch and also you're going to receive a, um, a book, um, a resource book regarding One Seed that was uh, written, authored by Jade Lalina from the Philippines who were flying in for the seminar that right. will be the main speaker. And we'll have some sessions together Um uh, to be able to um, align with the one seed, which is the protocol. It's really what I call reimagining the um, fatherhood discipleship protocol. What new discipleship is beginning to emerge mm. in the church, but also everywhere. Wow where we can have, you know, disciples being raised up and made in the nations. Right. The mandate of Matthew, you know, um, which Matthew 20, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. 20. Um, uh, 18, somewhere around there. Around there. Uh, <laughs> but the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. We'd love to have you join us. You can register um, at uh, spiritofjoyintl.org. That's spiritofjoyintl.org. Perfect. 
Perfect. Just go on there. You'll see a, a tab for the seminar that will lead you to registration. And we'd love to have you with us. We're going to have materials available, workbooks, all kinds of things that are included. But you, you need to come and really be immersed and exposed to the real revelation and strategy of heaven regarding what God is doing, where he's going, and how to be a part. So Amen. I invite yes. you, uh, please also, if you can, sow a seed into the kingdom project because your finances are helping us upgrade everything as Joseph is investing in equipment, better microphones, amplifiers, and things that we want to do. Yes. And we're so thankful for those of you who support us. We hope that you're being blessed and being built up on your most holy faith and that you're beginning to pray in the Holy Spirit yes. and walking in the love of God. God Amen. bless you. Amen. I'll put those links in the show notes. I'll be there, so I hope you guys are there. Um, any questions, reach out to us. Thanks so much.